1: Be the best, and you got to pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do the little extra things to get it.
3: Welcome to the Eleven Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host Jordan Rodrigue, and with me today, my two fabulous co-hosts, Catherine Fitzgerald of the Buffalo News, and Joe Buscaglia of the Athletic, guys.
2: Hey, Jordan. How are we doing?
3: Don't kill the pause, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> you know about the pause. You had to do it. You were warned.
2: <laughs> I know I was warned. I Joe, was like
3: Joe's on theme, though. This is uh, he's he had to. This is the kickoff, right? This is the early start to the season. This is Bill's Rams. That's was true. On theme.
2: I'm, I'm sorry to 11 personnel listeners. <laughs> I'm going to give a formal apology later via tweet via notes app.
3: Yeah, do the notes app. That's that's the way to do it. Yeah. I do a lot of spaces
0: in between the lines to make the pause of your own.
2: Yes. Oh, that's a great point.
3: See, catherine has got it, man. Like I I'm secretly always jealous of you guys over on the Buffalo Beat because you guys get to hang out with each other all the time. Two two of two people I admire and enjoy most on this planet, you guys get to hang out all the time and I'm super jealous of that. Just so just so we're all clear, listeners, Catherine and Joe are two of the best to do it. Um, They're covering a fascinating team. We're going to get into it. But first of all, how like legitimately, how are you guys doing?
0: (laughs) Um, I haven't known what day of the week it is in a really long time. That doesn't necessarily matter, but like, you know, a little all over the place, but so excited for the season.
2: <laughs> yeah, same. Uh the the day of the week thing, especially because we have the short week and you and you know it too, Jordan. Like it's like, okay, what day am I flying out? When, where am I today? Uh and I think once we get into like for for Catherine and I, once we get into week three after the Bills go through their week two Monday night football home opener, I think week three will finally be the one where it's like Whoa, okay, this is an actual real live NFL schedule. So, but it's, it's fun. The, the, this, uh, this game's going to be fascinating, no doubt.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Rams fans heard Sean McVay kind of go through the, the spiel or the schedule um, at rapid pace. It's sort of burned into everyone's brain at this point. Um, today is Monday morning that we're recording. Um, it's not really Monday, as we know, in Rams and Bills land and NFL world. So Rams and Bills are preparing to kick off at SoFi Stadium on Thursday night. Um, first and foremost, guys, what's the travel situation for the team? Like how are the logistics working for them? Um, especially on the short turnaround, but then there's a long turnaround on the back end as well.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think, Oh, sorry. Uh, I think they're, um, I think they're, they fly out normal, normal week on Wednesday. I don't think they're doing the whole acclimation to the West coast thing. Um, I could be wrong. Just rip the know.
3: band-aid off. Just go just full send. Yeah. Yeah. Forget <laughs> it.
2: I mean, they're only there for what? Like 28 hours total, 36 hours total. So yeah, get, get, get the hell out of there, get in, get out and, and go on with your week. But, but yeah, I think, I think they're, they're just approaching this as normal. And Sean toyed with the idea a few years ago, but yeah, he's, he's more of just the, okay, go there normal time and then, and then get it going.
3: I think Sean, if I'm remembering correctly and I, I might not be. I think Sean McDermott was still on staff in Carolina when they went on this West coast trip and it was, they stayed out West and it was one of the most disastrous things of all time. Um, (laughs) Multiple, multiple offensive linemen lost to injury. They had to sign a guy who was working construction um, and living in his parents' basement to play center for them. Um, lost back-to-back games on a long week. So I think once you go through that experience, you you make sure that you're not doing even like the two-day trips. The Rams are the same way. They don't – when they travel, they don't do the the two-day trip. Something – They've all learned something that we maybe don't know about the body clock situation, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to send a PDF or something, just some guidance, some 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 guidelines for us as humans to also live our lives most efficiently. But I don't think we can talk about this matchup without immediately just starting with Josh Allen. Um, I've learned, as as you guys know, I I love Bill's Twitter. I have a soft spot in my heart because I came from coming Carolina, and then everyone who was amazing in Carolina went and joined the Bills or led the Bills. And so I've always had a soft spot and a, a certain fondness for Bills fans, for the team. I've ha- I've admired from afar the way that the Bills have methodically constructed this ecosystem at, over the, the course of several years. And I did learn something new about Bills Twitter. It's that they get really mad if you talk about Josh Allen running. <laughs> Which I was like, it's he does amazing things, right? Is that not good that he can he can do those things? Um, but uh, on a real note, what have you seen from him? What's sort of the state of Josh Allen, Catherine? I'll start with you. The state of Josh Allen heading into probably one of the most pivotal seasons of his career. And jokes aside, he is a comprehensive threat. I think they call him the Rams are referring to him as a a, a weapon. Um, they they believe him to be a comprehensive threat, which I think is very respectful to say, first of all, Um, and not an insult at all. But also, um, it just seems like he's he's on the precipice here of one of the most pivotal seasons he may ever experience. Yeah, I think to that
0: note of respect, there's times where respectfully, he makes a play in a game. And I just laugh because we're watching (laughs) it. We're like, how does this happen? Is that is this made up? I need to see a replay to make sure that's what his body actually did on the field. Um, it, and like the most complimentary way, it's a little ridiculous sometimes. Um, that being said, we talked to him Sunday and he was basically like, Oh yeah, next game. Love that. So he's super even tempered right now. Um, teammates have kind of talked about that too, of how this is a giant game and he's the one setting that within the locker room. But yeah, on the field, there's, just so much he can do. And I'm really excited to see kind of what happens with this offense under Ken Dorsey, how they further unlock what he can do with his teammates as well.
3: Yeah, Joe, you you were there when he came in, right? And so you've seen the the growth and the um the development, not just of him as a as a quarterback, but then also once the team realized who exactly they had and what he could grow into. And once they, they already, they always knew, right. Brandon Bean told me at le- at league meetings that, you know, they, they knew everyone else maybe took a minute, but they knew that, that this was going to be their guy for a long time. As soon as they were, you know, looking at him and scouting him, but it took the rest of the world, I think a minute to, to catch on and, and obviously had some developing to do. And then once he sort of hit that level of contending quarterback, they, they went all in on building this team in that way. So how have you seen that ecosystem change um, as, as Josh himself has changed?
2: Yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing is how Brandon Bean has kind of formulated the team around him and how he has changed some of his own philosophies to do that with Josh. I mean, early on with Josh, I mean, you know this guy as well as as, well as we do in Buffalo, Kelvin Benjamin became a thing because Bean was obsessed with the big, tall, slow, but, you know, big gate catch radius guys, Um, you know, save the fact that Kelvin Benjamin couldn't move anymore, but, you know, they, they thought, okay, give Josh Allen this chance because maybe he's a little bit inaccurate um, and, and that will help him get through this, this sort of thing in his rookie year. That, that didn't go well. Um, because Kelvin Benjamin basically got phased out by 2018 and it just, it wasn't, it wasn't great. So what they found out about Josh is that they needed to add separators. Um, and when you look at their wide receiver room, that is who they have to a T. I mean, Stefan Diggs, they go out and, and trade their first round pick for him. Um, he has come in and been. Awesome. Since the day he arrived, and especially in a COVID year where they didn't have much build up to the to the season, he was fantastic right from the get go. But it was that separation style—Cole uh, Beasley, John Brown—in the, in the first couple of years. That's who really started to get more out of Josh Allen. Whereas these guys like Benjamin, Zay Jones, who don't really separate all that well, they kind of got pushed aside. So now that's what you see: their entire receiver room with with Diggs, Davis, um, you know Isaiah McKenzie. They're really Really big on yards after catch this year and you know he's going to be able to separate better than Cole Beasley did as a 33 year old last year Um, and then Khalil Shakir is another guy that they added in in the offseason that's that's been the biggest kind of flip and then of course formulating the offense to what what Josh does best and I think there's going to be some tinkering this year from Dable to Dorsey. And that's kind of been like a, an, a steady undercurrent of this off season and build up to the year. And that's why I'm really fascinated to see what it looks like in week one, because there's been little tiny hints of them wanting to do this McVay slash Shanahan style of blocking and zone running. Uh, they hired Aaron Cromer, who, you know, Jordan, and, um, and they, it seems like that they want to get faster, more explosive, uh, while not sacrificing some of the uh, the running that Josh Allen is able to do, so th- that's why it's been just a nonstop evolution for what what they've had once Josh came to town, and and now I'm I'm really interested to see what this year's version is going to look like.
3: It's interesting because that's the way that back in you know the maybe earlier iterations of what Sean McVay was doing, everyone always thought, man, if he had a quarterback who could run like who could be a threat with his legs. Part of the reason why this system it became what it became is because they found a way to marry that outside zone scheme um in like you mentioned in which the offensive line coach is probably one of the most crucial positions on the team because of what he has to or she eventually maybe hopefully um mm-hmm. <laughs> what they have to teach and what they have to um in part, and it's a it's it's just that that and they're super rare people who can actually teach that specifically um, in that system, and that's why these guys hold on to their O line coaches for as long as they do. And it was a surprise when when Chrome Coach Chrome's as they call him um, the the he and McVeigh sort of uh, parted ways to put it to put it politely. And so I think it it's been really interesting to watch sort of them re-establish what they're going to be running and blending in new concepts. But then you look at the bills and you think, wow, um, this could have been that former evolution of, of the system. You know, if it wasn't Matthew Stafford, who the Rams went after, after if it was a quarterback and they were still running sort of the McVay Shanahan scheme, but maybe they somehow in an alternate universe, um, have a quarterback who can move what I think you might see out of Josh and, and Ken Dorsey and, and specifically Cromer is what that could have looked like um in an alternate dimension. Right. Which is so, which is so interesting to me because you're, you see the way that this system pollinates and branches off and it's all about the quarterback it, it, the system. It's always been, Oh, the system helps the quarterback. It does support the quarterback. Like it, 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 it's very helpful to be a quarterback in this system at the same time, though, it evolves with the quarterback. You've seen it in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and a lot of the dropback stuff they do. And you've seen it in LA with Matthew Stafford and a lot of the the dropback stuff they do the lot of empty set. They do that looks totally different from what they were doing before. Um, So to your point, super fascinated to see that as well. Um, But on the other side of the ball, Catherine, I want to get into you worked for oh, months on one of the best pieces I read all year, which is your piece on Von Miller, your feature on Von Miller. Rams fans, um, extremely familiar with this man. <laughs> so can you kind of take me through Vaughn's journey um, from you know that fateful day when he gets on the plane to Buffalo and then what he's added to this defense, sort of the teeth that maybe he's lent to this pass rush that you've been able to see, but also the, the emotional impact as well yeah
0: something I've really appreciated and getting to know him more is just seeing his honesty about being emotionally in different places at the same time. Um, I think for anyone who's gone through kind of a big move, that's pretty relatable of he is excited for what's about to happen in Buffalo. He consciously made that decision of I get to pick and here's what I'm doing, but at the same time has kind of that oh my gosh, this chapter of my life in LA, even how short it was, was so meaningful in these ways. I care about these people. Um, It's been interesting to hear him talking about getting ready for this game, how he's been visualizing just, you know, here's what it's going to be like seeing Aaron Donald after what we've been through. Um, He was like, I don't know if Sean McVay will look at me kind of crazy, which
3: I don't know. It's a default though. That's kind of the default. Right.
0: He's, like, an intense, he's an intense guy. He <laughs> respectfully has a bit of a resting crazy face. Um, <laughs> I have a resting scared face, like to each their own. Um, regardless, Bomb's kind of gone through those motions of here's what it's going to be like when I go back to the field where I just had this giant moment and don't want to take anything away from that. But now I'm I'm looking forward, like, let's do this again with a new team. With these young guys um, on the Bills D line who I'm bringing along, it's been really interesting to see him, you know, connect pretty quickly with Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa to try to bring the best out of them too. So I think that's a, a really fun aspect of this season also of he's got that dual role of what he can do on the field himself, but then how he's going to bring out these guys as well.
3: And that kind of takes me to my next question too for both of you guys. And Joe, we'll start with you. What is it? What is the feeling around this team? And I know that's sort of an open-ended question, but this is a group. They're very aware that they are in contention. They're built similar to the Rams. Um, They're aware that they are not just playoff contenders because they've made it so. The difference in playoff contention and Super Bowl contention, you can see see it permeating through both the construct constructions of both of these teams. So for both of you guys, what, what is that like? What is the feeling? What are the vibes, Catherine? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Catherine
3: and I are always saying. I'm check. <laughs> but Joe, Joe, we'll start, we'll start with you. And, and, and how is it maybe, uh, is it different at all than how it felt before or, or what are the vibes?
2: Yeah. Well, the, the vibes are a little different from what it was last year because what they did in the in the 2000, gosh, I can't even remember, 2020 playoffs. What year is it, by the way? Um, <laughs> well, we know it's not
3: Monday. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
2: Uh, what they did in the 2020 playoffs, like going to Kansas City and just get getting completely blown out. Like that was, they, they knew that they had got close because they got to the title game, but they still knew that they were a bit away. The way that they went out in this past postseason was dramatic, and they felt like that they probably could have been there with the Rams and potentially even winning a Super Bowl last year. So I kind of feel like there's this air of an unfinished business sort of thing to them this year, where it's not like they're hesitant to the moment or anything like that. I think it's more of just like a quiet, Confidence Because they went through some stuff last year before they got on a run at the end of the year where, you know, it really clicked in in the second half of Tampa Bay, even though they lost that game, but they came all the way back and, and pushed the Buccaneers to a, a pretty, pretty substantial um, overtime game. And now it's just a point of them trying to figure things out for this year and getting to that point where they don't go through the doldrums of losing to the Urban Meyer Jaguars in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, that happened. That happened. <laughs> um, it, was, it was really bad. Really funny to be there too, but really bad. Um, and them trying to avoid that from ever happening uh, this year. And I think part of the way that they freshen things up was from 2020 to 2021, they basically stood pat with their roster. They said, okay, we're going to run this whole thing back. We're just going to re-sign our guys, Matt Milano, Darrell Williams, John Feliciano, welcome everyone back. This year, they're like, okay, we're going to bring back our core, but we're going to we're going to stir some stuff up and go out and get Von Miller. They basically revamped their entire defensive line. They have gotten a lot better on both sides of the, of the line of scrimmage. To the point where now it seems like okay, it's the same, but it's also different to give them that little push forward that maybe they thought they were missing last year. And you know they they are sacrificing some spots that they have been stronger in in past years. Like cornerback is is one of those where it it might be a weakness this year as opposed to last year, where it was like okay, the secondary is it. They're they're good. The pass rush just needs to do a little bit better. They want to kind of flip their identity a little bit this year. And uh, that's something that Bean has been chasing for years and years. I mean, he has spent uh, he has spent free agent dollars. He has spent uh, day one and day two draft capital over the past three off seasons. And now he's hoping he finally got it.
0: Yeah, and I like, too, how they kind of speak that into existence sometimes. Like they're not exactly secretive about what they're trying Mm -hmm. to do in some of those positions of, hey, yes, we need more out of our pass rush. Ah, here's what we did. We got Von Miller. Um (laughs) on offense, kind of seeing what they've done a little bit, even just with running backs of it was pretty projected for a while that they wanted someone who could be more of a threat in the passing game from the running back room and then looked in the draft to James Cook. So I think it's been fun to see you know, that they know what they want and they go for it. Um, I really admire that just in many ways. But so I think Life there's- lesson.
1: Of, Life right,
0: lesson. Yeah. um, could never be me, but it's cool to see someone else put it into action. <laughs> um, but yeah, to Joe's point too, I think there is a little bit of that what if aura around how last season ended, but there's been a pretty- pointed manner of trying to spin that into motivation. Like, don't get caught up in that, but instead, don't let this happen again. And I think when you look at their expectations too, yeah, they totally know what people are saying about them, what they're capable of, and just trying to not let that become too much of a thing.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Bye. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
3: Yeah, it's interesting what you say, No, know, knowing what they want and, and the way forward and going out and getting it. That kind of goes back to a team that is built for a Super Bowl contending spot, not just We're going to get to the postseason. I mean, the Rams sort of shed that skin a few years ago as well. Um, It's not just about getting to the postseason. It's now the road narrows, right? And obviously a million things happen between, you know, the build and the actual run itself, and things have to fall their way, as the Rams saw last year, Um, sometimes even in the the final seconds of games. But the moves that they make and being assertive in – space, I think that, you know, like I said, these teams are built in such different ways, but they share that, that same, um, you know, ethos of like, you have to speak things or transact things into existence sometimes. Right. Um, but like we said, anything can happen. And so that kind of takes me to where they're at structurally health wise. Um, sounds like Jordan Poyer is going to be back. Right, guys. But Mm -hmm, yeah, kind of what's what's the state of of the roster in terms of health and any red flags that that you guys are seeing so far?
2: Yeah, I think they're mostly healthy. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was kind of a question mark. And and he said yesterday, yeah, I felt great. Good to go uh, on Thursday. And that that seems to be the way that that was trending anyway. But he's going to be their likely starting slot receiver. So they're going to be. Fully there on offense, everything everything that they could have wanted to be out there. Week one is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only guy that is going to be to the side is Tre'Davious White, obviously, and that could have humongous a humongous impact on how this game unfolds. Because now, rather than having Tre'Davious White out there to to take up Allen Robinson and 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 not have to worry as much about that. Now they have to contend with Allen Robinson working either against uh, Dane Jackson, who only has a handful of starts, and he is going to be a definite starter out there on the boundary, um, and one of the two rookie players, whether it's Kair Elam, the first-round pick, or Christian Benford, the sixth-round pick. We don't know who's going to start. Benford has played really well. Um Kind of not great that Elam has not been able to cement one of those two spots, but that's that's kind of an area for concern. And then Taron Johnson might wind up becoming this humongous piece to the puzzle, where I kind of wonder if they're going to have him travel with Cooper Cup wherever he goes, um, because he he's just the best guy that they have out there. But you know that that brings up its disadvantages in itself because he's such a he's they basically look at him as a linebacker um with how well he is as a tackler and there's it's so often their base set is with a nickel cornerback out there um so that that part is all interesting the the cornerback spot is really the only one where it's like okay this is this is has matchup flipping potential here um and but the rest of the health poyer mckenzie everybody else is good
3: I do know they're, the rams are expecting Quite a bit of nickel, um, because uh, Matthew Stafford in his press conference uh, yesterday, which technically was Sunday, but as we know, it was not really Sunday. Um, he kind of chuckled to himself, that, you know, not not in a disrespectful way, but he sort of chuckled to himself, like these guys play a lot of nickel. Nickel is their is their stuff, right?
2: There were only two games last year that they uh, were not in nickel one hundred percent of the game. That was against the Titans. Uh, because they go heavy run and then against the Patriots in the non-passing game from Mac Jones when the wind was whipping around everywhere. Uh, The rest of it was all nickel with Taron Johnson in in there as their de facto third linebacker.
3: That's interesting. Catherine, I mean, that sort of seems like a a high risk, high reward if you're going to have a traveler with with Cooper Cup. I mean, how do you kind of see that? I mean, if let's hypothetically say that's how, first of all, making that decision in the first place, but hypothetically, let's say that's how it plays out. Um, how would you think that matchup sort of fares? Uh, you know, no, you've, you watch these guys, you watch this guy every single day in practice.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting, even just talking to the Bills defense as a whole this week about their takes on Cooper cup and obviously so much respect for his game from all of them. And then just kind of saying like how he can change anything so quickly and even just like, we're going on about how hard he is to tackle. Um, but I think the bills generally, they really commit to nickel. Um, we love a, a commitment. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know that they would change it too much, but yeah, I think even to Joe's point of just the long-term impact of being without Tredavious white for a bit, how that'll trickle across what everyone else's roles have to, to become a bit, to make up for losing a player of that caliber. And um, you know, seeing how that all start, the season will be pretty informative of what this team can do. Mm-hmm.
3: Other than that, what are a couple of matchups that you guys are interested in? Maybe not just from even the Bill side, but from the Ram side. And Joe, um, we'll start with you on that one.
2: I think you have to talk about number ninety nine, right? I mean, oh, that, that dude, guy. He's, yeah, that Yeah,
3: he's around. <laughs> he's okay.
2: Random, <laughs> random guy. I think he's got a future. Um, he, he might make the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good shot. He and how they game plan against him will be fascinating to me because one of my biggest questions about this Bill's offensive line heading in is that right side because Spencer Brown, their right tackle, he's coming off offseason back surgery. He wasn't that great down the stretch of last year. It came at, it came in like a bat out of hell in his first four games. He was awesome. And then he just fell off a cliff. Um, And then next to him is Ryan Bates, who was great between Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morse last year. But now he's over at right guard with an inexperienced guy to his right. So I wonder if maybe the Rams look at that side and be like, all right, let's let's attack those two guys and make them prove that they can deal with uh, Donald and Leonard Floyd. Because I think doesn't Leonard Floyd usually like to rush from from that defensive left side more than anything?
3: Yeah. I mean, and it, it was interesting because we talked about this Joe. Yeah. Vaughn, Vaughn was rushing from his like it's it wasn't a, his bad side, right? But like I, I guess yeah. we're gonna say Vaughn was rushing from his non-usual side when he when he joined the team because Leonard um has been so effective on that, on that one right. side and and sort of staying there. But yeah, to your point, continue continue to your point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. i I w I'm just wondering if maybe they just try and overload that side and and make them prove it. Um, and that, that to me is one of the most compelling parts of the offensive line play. Uh, it's, you know, I, I love watching that stuff. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's seeing how those guys react to those situations and, um, Bates, I think Bates is a good player. I just, I just don't know how, how it's going to happen when he's dealing with a Aaron Donald and B the fact that uh there he's got a pretty inexperienced and maybe a little bit of a weaker starter to his right.
3: Yeah. I think that's going to be huge. I think if you look at the Tampa Bay game uh, the playoff game that the Rams were in where they were moving Aaron Donald all around the line and particularly loading him up um, against a rather inexperienced tackle um, on, on the far side, I think that that, is sort of indicative to the creativity with which they were designing their rush near the end of the year. Now, again, though, Von Miller had a lot to do with that and they Mm -hmm. don't have Von Miller this year. They're pretty unproven opposite Leonard Floyd, Justin Hollins. He is the total prototypical has all the tools has all the gifts, but was injured last year for a good portion of the year and, and is simply an unproven player. So it's going to be interesting to me. This is where I think Greg Gaines and Sean Robinson become so important on the interior and what attention they can command and what sort of um you know guys that they can lock down. And the, the name of the game is springing Aaron Donald loose, right? Because we know that he can wreck a game. We've seen it. Many, many times. And so I think you are going to see them try to be creative in that rush plan. But to me, there's only so much you can do up front at this current moment. Um, as you're still sort of feeling out what Justin Hollins is and, and what he brings to the table. Um, Catherine, how about you? What are you what are you interested in seeing? Yeah, I just to follow up quickly on that, I think
0: it's especially interesting just given what they have tweaked on the Bills O-line this year going in to have a challenge like this. So immediately um, Josh Allen said, watching film of Aaron Donald is scary, which is correct. And I kind of love the idea that it feels like a, a little horror movie uh, marathon of just preparing. Ozzy Osbourne at
3: halftime.
0: Listen. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: I forgot about that.
0: (laughs) They know the theme and they're all in, which we love a spooky theme. Um, I am though on the flip side, really interested to see, the revamped uh, Bill's defensive line, the pass rush, just what they do there um, and what they do quickly. I think, you know, because of how big the move was to bring in Vaughn over the off season, there's going to be that scrutiny of if he does not make, you know, if it's not just a drastic immediate impact with him, with Greg Russo doing more than before people, you know, will be, a few minutes into the very first game of a long season and people, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone overreact to an NFL game, but I've seen it quite a few times and I feel like, you know, it'll be a first taste. I think Micah Hyde made the point earlier this week of if they were playing their best football week one, that would be a little problematic. Um, So I think just kind of keeping that perspective of, It doesn't have to look so, so drastically different immediately, but I'm excited to see just kind of what we can sense early on in a game like this.
3: Yeah. And Sean McVay's got a record that he would very much like to keep intact. Uh, He has never lost a season opener as the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. So. It is going to be a spooky day all around. Uh, It's, it's eerie to me, honestly, and I, I'll keep bringing this up. Like it is spooky and eerie how these teams are connected. And in my opinion, Um, they uh, might be seeing each other again uh, at the very end of the season. And they're getting the the first handshake out of the way, as it were Um, guys, before I get you out of here, and thank you so much for, for joining me today. Um, One. Maybe bigger picture question. It can be about football. Maybe it's just about, you know, something that you saw on a a good day that you had. But what's one big thing that you learned about the Bills this summer? Um, I know I see your faces. You're like, shit, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) One big thing that you learned about the Bills this summer that uh, maybe it was uh, a thread that you pulled at that confirmed a previous belief, or maybe it was something new, uh, maybe something you saw one day that you, that sort of just stuck in your brain, um, putting you on the spot here.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to, th- I'm I'm legit racking my brain because I didn't know we were going to get philosophical at the end here. Um, <laughs> I
3: know, I, I was super unprofessional. I didn't send a prep sheet or anything like that. I said, Hey, guys. Uh, I'll get up at your time. Can you join me, (laughs) please? I'm begging you. Rich Hammond, not here today. I am begging you, please be my co-host for the day. And I owe you beers big time.
2: (laughs) Um, Go ahead, Catherine. I'll I'll let you go. I can think more.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes, of course.
0: Um, I think, so my perspective is a little different since this is just my second year covering the team, but I think even just like seeing them at training camp, um, as, I very much documented my life in the dorms, hanging out in the dorms for a bit, just kind of like, I think it's nice to be reminded of the fun aspects of a really long season of like, oh yeah, here are our rookie O-line guys doing Backstreet Boys song and dance. Um, And I know that doesn't like directly translate to the field since they're not the halftime show Ozzy Osbourne is. Um, But I think just being, you know, all the ways this team does the behind the scenes stuff to get closer to then handle all the stress, all the pressure of what the actual football season will bring. Um, you know, being fully at camp for the first time when they were away again, it was those little moments I found really
3: refreshing. Catherine, follow-up yeah. question as Joe, Joe, I'm going to give you two more minutes to think if you need it, but
1: <laughs> Catherine,
3: um, obviously the players are going to be in the locker rooms at halftime, but if a Bills player were to sneak onto the field to catch the show. Like, let's say oh. there's a, there's some secret deep Aussie fan, right? If you were going to guess who it would be. So I, I would say, obviously, you know, my answer is going to be Matthew Stafford. Like yeah. guys, this is all hypothetical. No player is going to be out of the locker room at halftime time watching this show, but you know, Matthew Stafford with the soul stealing vibes that he sort of leaned into uh, that sort of, Cool sociopathy that he played with at the end of last season, the the black aloe shirt that he wore every single day, you know, expected a little bit of eyeliner to come out at one point, you know, really embraced the the goth vibes near the end of the season. So I'd say he he would he would be the one to to sort of take a peek at, at that halftime show.
0: Yeah, this is a great question because as you know, I love the intersection of the nfl and goth vibes um (laughs) my immediate thought i want to think about this a bit more and joe i don't know if you went differently but right away i was like matt milano really (laughs) um in kind of the same staff he doesn't speak yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's why like you know i think we all have a little prince of darkness in us and I, i there's just something there i could be wrong i'm gonna think more on this but like I don't know. I just got a visual of like the music starts, his eyes turn to red lasers and like he turns and walks to the field like his body is taking him there. Um, but I will continue to ponder.
2: <laughs> I, I thought I thought uh, there was a slam dunk answer here because Tommy Sweeney is oh, okay. huge into like uh, 70s, 80s rock um they they play songs in practice just for him and he does air guitar out there like uh, that that was that was my slam dunk answer but I do like the thought of Matt Milano having lasers come out of his eyes and robotically going towards the field once he hears Ozzy
0: I think the slight difference to me is like everything you said is correct but Tommy is very much like colorful tie-dye, Grateful Dead. I think he wore the same tie-dye shirt for a large chunk of training camp, which, that's fair. you know, you do you. Um, <laughs> I'm an outfit repeater myself. So, but I, I get that too. That's a really, a really good answer as well.
3: And I want to point out uh, 11 personnel fans. Yes, you are familiar with Catherine Fitzgerald. She is the one who created the vibe of, darkly chaotic matthew stafford uh in our in our group chat actually and she's the one who came up with gothford uh that you guys all grew to know and love uh late last postseason so just a little bit of inside baseball backstory there but joe <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot again joe you i got it now take us out yeah take us out yeah
2: i i got you now you gave me a good seven minutes to think so i appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I I think the the way that the Bills are now willing to quickly admit mistakes uh, with some of their some of their moves, um, you know, a perfect example of this one, uh, just in the buildup between free agency and the start of the season, was OJ Howard. Like they thought OJ Howard was going to be their their number two tight end, they thought he was going to he was going to back up Dawson Knox, be a good part of their offense. They found out he really can't play anymore i mean it just wasn't really a good mover anymore and and rather than feeling like they had to commit to it they they moved on and i think that that shows signs of ma- maturity from from the front office and being able to um you know have the confidence to say yeah i screwed that one up um and they've done that with with other things they they've done it with trading Cody Ford, which is another example of, um, yeah, screw that one up. That that's on me. Like some fans will spin it and be like, yeah, they got a fifth round pick for Cody Ford. That's crazy. But second round pick, he should, he shouldn't be getting traded for a fifth round pick ever. Um, so that, that to me has been kind of the the evolution of Brandon Bean and this bills team and figuring out that what they had last year was good, but not good enough. And, not running it, running it all back. I think that's, that's the one thing I learned about, about being in this, this whole Bills team this year, more than anything.
3: I love that you said that. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug a feature coming out at the athletic yeah. <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> um, again, spooky vibes between these two teams. These are two teams that um, are, are connected by a certain ethos uh, not just by certain players And um, I, you you know, I think it's a very non-hot take. It's a very cool take to imagine that they could be seeing each other um, in several months time as we are all husks of our former selves. Um, Mm -hmm. Catherine, Joe, thank you guys so much for joining me. You guys uh, go follow their work on Twitter. Um, Be prepared for tons of factoids. Uh, Joe and Catherine both get down into the details um, Catherine also, I think, is like maybe a Hall of Fame tweeter. I, th- I feel like Joe, like right, like I feel like she's yeah, like, yeah, oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like she, she's always like, should I tweet this? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, Obviously. you are the expert here. You should, you should absolutely <laughs> tweet that. Um, I am I am not on Twitter like basically at all. So I defer everything to to K fits over there.
0: Which I will counter that I really admire that healthy
3: balance, um, something I have never known. So
0: (laughs) it's good to have a bit of both.
3: Well, thank you guys so much for your insight, your knowledge. Uh, Looking forward to seeing both of you looking forward to, to hosting uh, the bills beat out here in Los Angeles. Like we mentioned before in a heat wave over here, no mm. need to pack any layers whatsoever. Um, it's going to be interesting. You guys Rams bills kicks off on Thursday, as you know, go follow these guys on Twitter. And as always uh, you can subscribe to myself and Joe's work at theAthletic.com. And when you do so through the 11 personnel podcast, every single time you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. Thanks, guys. Uh, We will see you guys next week. Rich Hammond will be back with me next uh, Monday or Tuesday morning. Um, In the meantime, take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourselves Um, and we'll see you next time and stay hydrated. Take care.